Uh, hello, everybody. This is Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're the Value Guys, and this is this week's edition of the Value Line Observer. Uh, please go to our website at thevalueguys.com to read more about us, learn about us veteran, I love that word veteran, veteran Wall Street analysts. It's an okay word. That have assumed secret identities so that we can bring you our unvarnished views on completely unvarnished the stocks in this week's value line investment survey uh, as we uh, tell you every week uh, and for new listeners this week we do this for entertainment pri- uh, purposes but uh, nevertheless uh, We're very serious we've <laughs> we have done this for a while we get paid a lot to do it and uh, we're trying to pick stocks that'll go up, but uh, absolutely, you, you need to you need to understand that we might own any of the stocks that we're talking about, and uh, it might have other vested interests in how they perform. I but, try to uh, own all of them, as I've said here. Before. We're not responsible for anything that might happen to you if you decide to uh, uh, act on anything that you hear. But by all means, program. keep your eyes on the road, ladies and gentlemen. Please. This week we're going to uh, review stocks from the Value Line Investment Survey from today, May fifth. Um, I'm going to spend some time looking at the RV industry, where Value Line has uh, two of this week's uh, five one-rated stocks in the entire issue, um, and we'll we'll talk about why we like a, another one in the group better than either of their top picks. Uh, but right now, uh, we're going to start with uh, my partner in anonymity, Val Hughes. Thank you very much, Vern. I appreciate uh, that introduction. Uh, this week, you know, Value Line again has. Uh, variety of themes in uh, this week's edition, May 5th, 2006. There are a lot of industry groups Well, this they've week. got a lot of food and beverage, and then some Canadian banks and uh, U.S. tobacco industry. I'm not sure how those go together. Why exactly do we care Educational about Canadian banks? Sur- I have no idea. But please, Canadians, subscribe to Value Line. Oh, are you going to talk about educational services? That's been rife with scandal uh, and Not fraud, at all. Uh, not at all. Oh. Actually, uh, in, in the office, we've looked at that, and uh, we made some bets there. Uh, there have been some developments there. It's worth a look. But no, I passed on that this week. Okay. Uh, the first group I came to was food, and food is something that, uh, you know, value guys are often driven to because of the stability of that. Um, the uh, the economy, though, just uh, to, to spend a moment, is you know very strong. I think the numbers came out this week. We've got a 4.8 percent uh, GDP growth, and while we're not economists, you know that's a pretty good backdrop for business in general. People with good ideas who can earn good returns on capital, that's a good time for them. Things are happening. Uh, business is growing. People are optimistic. The economy has never been history, uh, better in the history of the of, you know the nation. And uh, so it's a, it's a great time for stock pickers. If you can find that business that has an edge, that seems to have a sustainable competitive advantage, uh, and you get it at a good price because of a near-term uh, misperception or something, that's uh, how we like to invest. And there are some uh, good opportunities, I think, this week. Let me start out on page 1502. And while I'll just reveal I am an electronic subscriber to Value Line, this week I'm actually working with the edition because it actually came on time today. Oftentimes it's, uh, and again, I you know love Value Line, but sometimes it's not here on time. Okay. We love Value Line. So on page... Uh, fifth, Great format. Everything oh, you need to know about a stock on It's one fabulous. Page. And we all, we're, I'm using Value Line exclusively today to talk about these stocks. There's a lot of information on these things out there. Uh, and, you know, we will spend a show sometime talking about our favorite tools as Wall Street professionals. But uh, today um, we're just using Value Line. And the first one I want to talk about is Sara Lee. Uh, you've heard of it. It's ticker SLE. It's on the NYSE, trades at about 18 bucks according to Value Line. 
Uh, just looking across the top, 15 times earnings. It's a 20% discount to the S&P PE multiple. You get a 4.4% yield, which is competitive with a bank rate, certainly. Uh, this is the company you know. You know, they've got uh, uh, an international manufacturer and marketer of branded consumer products, operations in coffee, specialty meats, and baked goods. And uh, I took a few notes on this thing. Um, you know, pastry and underwear. I mean, these are very stable businesses. 44% of their business is international. As people uh, internationally, particularly Asia, as democracies uh, gain wealth uh, per capita and they such. They want better underwear? Well, they, I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> Let's face it. You're going to want some nice underwear. And Hot, you're going you're gonna to want, you're gonna want coffee. This is, uh, you know, a luxury good going back uh, forever. And, uh, you know, you'll want meat. Meat consumption per capita goes up with wealth. And tea, uh, ladies and gentlemen, tea, come on, tea goes up with wealth. Pastry most certainly does as well. So they've got a lot of stable businesses. Returns here over time have been, uh, you know, uh, declining, but declining from amazing uh, levels to just really good levels. They were in the 30% return on capital level in the you know, late 90s. Now they're in the mid-teens. Return on equity in the 30% level. Um, that all sounds terrific. You get that right now for just about... Uh, you know, eight times next year's cash flow. Wow. And these are terrific brands that are going to uh, sustain themselves over borders. The reason a lot of the food companies this week didn't look that attractive to me is, you know, there's a huge move on, of course, to health as the baby boomers age. And uh, I think as uh, you know, people make choices in food, health concerns are going to trump brand, uh, particularly if you're making stuff that's not quite so healthy. Sarah Lee doesn't have all those issues. Coffee, meat, uh, okay, baked goods. It's a little, you know, uh, a little thing on the side there. But underwear, these are staples that are going to, you know, drive toward the growing democracies and countries growing wealth. They're, as I said, 45% international. Um, they do also have several initiatives underway to transform the company and reduce costs and maximize shareholder value. They're going to actually spin out a couple of these companies I just talked about. They're hoping to spin out the branded apparel business. And uh, with the proceeds of that, they're going to initiate a billion-dollar buyback. That's 5% of the enterprise value, ladies and gentlemen. And then uh, that's on top of the billion-dollar buyback they undertook last year. So over the last two years, they're, they're you know, basically committing to buy back 10% of the enterprise value. Um, and it's, uh, it's trading at about uh, you know, a 14% cash-on-cash yield, plus you know, they're paying 4.4% of that out to you. The company has some debt. It's 58% debt-to-capital which I don't like, but the stability of these businesses, I think, warrants um, a, a level of that uh, nature to maximize your return on equity. So it's a good move. Value line rates this company's financial strength A, price stability 90. These little numbers in the bottom right of the page are real helpful. Actually, uh, uh, you know, some firms I've worked at uh, keyed uh, our measures of risk internally, big institutional firms around some of these statistics in Value Line, so they're worth paying some attention to. Hmm. Interestingly, Value Line doesn't even rate the stock, so uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, let's see here. Maybe they've had a change in analyst. Well, uh, there's a name here, uh, Alex Rumetz, but uh, I don't know why, well, exactly why they don't uh, rate it. Maybe because of the spin-out, they don't want to, you know, make assumptions about that, but... <laughs> In any case, Sarah Lee, S-L-E, page 1502. Uh, let's see. What else have I got going here? All right. Now, I'm looking through here, 
And literally, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Vern can attest to, we had, a, we, we had a couple of adult beverages and prepared for the show, and I'm paging through every page. There's very little this week. But I came up with something, uh, let's see, page 1531, Cisco. It's in the food distribution business. You've seen their trucks around. Cisco, ticker SYY, uh, value line, uh, interestingly, rates this four. Uh, they're trading at 20 times earnings, which sounds like a lot, but, it, you know, that's a 5% net earnings yield. It's probably an 8% pre-tax yield. Plus, you get growth, which in this case is not going to be great, but it's going to be greater than GDP. So you get, uh, you know, you, you, get, you get some kind of yield that's certainly competitive uh, in the low teens. This is food distribution? Food distribution. S-Y-S-C-O, not C-I-S-C-O. Right, not the Internet uh, router company. Yeah. Uh, now, historically, Cisco grew by uh, from two ways. People you know, were spending more to eat out, and they serviced the restaurant industry. And also, uh, they were doing accretive acquisitions because this industry used to have hundreds of competitors. Well, Cisco now is so large that they really can't grow through acquisition. They can do little niche acquisitions, and they do, but it's not enough to move the growth needle. And the statistics about uh, consumer spending away from home versus at home, uh, away from home is still growing a little bit, but it's running into some headwind because of the retirement community's hobby of cooking. So you actually have you know, an uptick in high-end cookware and a, a shift back toward cooking at home with, with good, healthy so foods. So I guess it's like GDP or population growth or yeah, something like that? Yeah, a little teeny bit more than that. They will do accretive acquisitions. But you know, this company right now is the cheapest it's been in years. It's absolutely rock-stable growth. It'll grow a little faster than average. It'll be more stable than the average company. Uh, it's uh, it's going to gravitate toward the restaurants that are selling the food that's selling. So you don't have the brand risk like you do at a Kraft Foods or something where all their brands might be viewed as unhealthy. Cisco will sell what consumers ate yesterday. They're going to supply the restaurants that are successful. They give you a 2.2% yield. Uh, they've got debt at 40% of capital. But again, the value line rates this company's financial strength. Again, that's in the bottom right of your uh, page as A++. Uh, which is, uh, you know, not not bad, I guess. I don't know if there's an A++. What do you think, Vern? Do they go uh, Well, what I think is the stock's around 30 bucks, and it traded above 40 as recently as 2004, and at 38 last year sometime. So there's something discounted into this that you know is going to come back reversion to the mean because of how stable this model is. So that's absolutely true. So take advantage true. of whatever the mispricing is. I couldn't agree more. I think that's one to spend some time on. Also, uh, what else do I have this week? I mean, I guess as a value guy, I got to spend just a minute here, uh, and I don't have a lot this week. I really this this week's uh, you know edition is a little disappointing to evaluate. Of course, the market's at record highs. It's harder and hey, harder. Speak for yourself. I've got a great idea over here. Okay. Well, I'm not saying that's not a great idea. I'm just saying oftentimes yeah. you can find more than a couple. Now, on page uh, 1572, Altria, which uh, is tickered M-O. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. This well, is the old Philip Morris, Did they of acquire that from Philip Morris? Or? I think they, they did. I mean, this is, this is the, you know, a lot of controversy about this stock. Uh, you know what? Let's face it. Smokers, uh, your average customers are, you know, basically dying. They're old, et cetera. 
uh, and it was a very controversial stock. A lot of uh, a lot of value investors basically, you know, lost their jobs over this type of situation, just hanging on to it when the threat of litigation seemed so onerous that it was going to take these companies down. This company managed through that very well. In fact, the, the company hit a low back in 2000 when the frenzy of litigation was the highest. They've uh, organized uh, their food division craft into a you know, public company where they continue to own 80 percent. And the litigation trends in uh, tobacco are, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, basically coming out better than you thought. And most of the states in organizing around solutions to pay asbestos uh, victims' money have basically, you know, uh, helped create uh, uh, ongoing monopolies so that they can fund uh, these uh, receipts to the state that they can then pay on to uh, basically into state coffers. So it's it's kind of a, a joint venture with government at this point, and that's pretty stable. Uh, this thing trades at 13 times earnings. It's a 30 percent discount to the market. Trades at a 4.5 percent uh, dividend yield. And uh, you know, just uh, just a hair under, uh, or rather, just a bit over ten times, uh, excuse me, cash flow, and uh, you know, very stable markets. I'm not an advocate of smoking uh, by any means. I don't smoke, but you know, this one is just. Uh, it looks like a, a decent value, and um, the value I think will be unleashed at the point in time in which their man, you know, managed to sell off the rest of craft somehow on an uptick in craft valuation in the public market. So that's worth a look. And then finally, I've got one that's a little bit, uh, you know, actually uh, a little bit sexy. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Are there so, pictures? No. This is Value Line, after all. And this is a family show. But we got a stock here called Macrovision that I just have kind of oh, this is fallen the, in love with. This is the X-ray glasses company, No, not at all. No. Not at all. Macrovision, uh, this is page 1599. Ticker MVSN trades on the Nasdaq, uh, 2193 according to Value Line. Now it says 31 times earnings. I'm against a valuation like that. 61% premium to the market. I'm against that. Just want to state that here and now. I'm against that. Well, why am I entertaining this at all? It's got uh, a buck in cash flow. It says that's 21 times cash flow. I mean, I'm against that, absolutely. But let me get at this, ladies and gentlemen. This company basically has a monopoly on the copy protection of historically uh, analog media because they're the ones that, you know, remember when you tried to copy a VCR tape to another VCR and you got all those squiggly lines on your screen and you're like, oh, crap, I can't copy this. Well, that was them, and they got a little teeny royalty on each movie, and, you know, that's continuing right now. They're continuing to get... You know, I think it's a few cents per movie for that technology. That's uh, That patent uh, goes on until the low teens, I think 2012. They get an ongoing royalty on VCR. But that's not what the interesting thing is. The interesting thing is that there's been some debate recently about, um, you know, the new digital media, DVDs and iPods and uh, set-top boxes, cable TV, satellite TV, etc. And there's been quite a few recent breakthroughs where it, is, it appears, even though there were a lot of players vying for this space, it appears that Macrovision, due to their historical relationships, kind of working with all parties, you know, no one liked them, but everyone sort of liked everyone else less. So they sort of, it's a political process, and they're managing to maneuver through here, and it appears that they're going to get some type of annuity for the copy protection on digital media over your cable box set, your iPod, your uh, Windows uh, media, etc. And in addition to that, they have a little division 
uh, called FlexNet that is a completely different business, but basically is management software for managing digital rights within a corporation. So you're a company with, you know, 40,000 employees. Each one has a piece of software on their desk. You want to make sure you pay proper royalties and don't get sued. They manage the knowledge of where all those uh, programs are and what you owe to the, you know, this is author. A company for the 21st century. So it's just an annuity on the growth of digital media, software, well, etc. And uh, <laughs> it's growing at a pretty good clip. So I'm not a growth guy, but you know what I like here, what the value is to me on this one is the monopoly, and therefore it's very low risk on a growing base. And uh, you know I just think you, you, it's it's higher than I want to pay. Uh, you know I like I've liked this for a little while. Um, well, does it ever stumble? But, uh, well, they, they stumble, you know, the, where they've stumbled is where people were worried they weren't going to plug into the digital growth, and they have. So, anyway, I've taken a lot uh, of time, and I, this is Vern, no, I'm not Vern, you're Vern, I'm Val Hughes, and, uh, and I'd, I'd like to just have a little beverage break before I introduce oh, my partner. Beverage break. Yeah. Clink. Clink. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and now, Vern Value, everybody. Uh, thanks, Val. It is difficult when you uh, assume secret identities to always keep perfect. I can't keep it straight. Who I uh, am? Track of <laughs> which identity you have assumed. So, um, I, it, I'm kind of excited. I've got a real interesting uh, call here in the RV industry this week because uh, Value Line sees some real attractive stocks here, and I see one really attractive stock, and we kind of see it differently. Um, although, I, to be fair, one of their ones isn't a bad one. Uh, yeah. Let's start with Champion Enterprises. Okay. What page is you that got on? A, I don't know. You've got the oh, you, yeah. you have all the page numbers. All right. Champion, it's up here. 1549. All right. All right. Uh, symbol CHB. Uh, what are they they're the leading producer of manufactured housing in the United States and Canada. Oh, well this isn't even an RV company. This is uh, what it, capital structure 61% debt. Trades at about a market multiple. Uh, best stock price that the company's seen since 1999. Um, housing, manufactured housing. Well, the economy's doing great, so let's see. People are moving upscale. Right. Uh, and, oh, by the way, uh, interest rates are up significant enough to uh, start to cut into new home uh, prices, uh, thereby making them more affordable for people who have more money as their wages are finally starting to grow in real terms. So manufacturing housing might not be their pr- their first choice. Value Lines gets a very weird discussion here. Why do they have they, it at one? They talk about how it, um, they, they recently delivered $23 million mm-hmm. worth of homes to FEMA, of course, because of what happened on the Gulf Coast. And it's they a got, one-timer. And they have an 11% uptick in average selling price, the result of more favorable mix, which, of course, I, you know, I know it's hard to believe in the stock market and the real world, but if you have favorable mix in one quarter, you can have unfavorable mix in yeah, the following of course. quarter. Not an annuity. Okay, so the eleven percent is the good times appear sustainable. Value line says. Really, I guess right off the peak. Uh, even though I well, they just acquired somebody. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Value line says uh, hefty earnings rebound this year and then double-digit growth thereafter. You know, I noticed something in the paper today. These groups that give down payments to poor families have been sued by the IRS because of money coming from home builders. I don't know if these mm. people are involved, but there's going to be, no a, there's going to be a tough, a t- a stocks tough around 15, comparison at the low end. Stocks around $15. It ran into resistance there in 2005. 
Um, it's you know a little off. It's high and north of 16, but I can't believe it's going to get much better. This is too bullish. There's this is not a number one. I, this has got to be price momentum. I'm not sure what they're looking at here, but um, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Now Thor Industries, THO is the symbol. Three billion market cap company with uh, return on invested capital that over the 10 years value line shows has not been below 12 percent. Um, it, it peaked. In the late, in 99 at 18 and a half, it's been above 20 recently, looks sustainable at that level, very impressive numbers. Um, but I'm um, looking at a market multiple. I'm looking at a $52 stock um, near its all-time high of 57 earlier this year. Peaked, the high price last year was 41. I mean, this stock's been on a tear lately, 16 times cash flow. Value line has sales slowing. I'm not sure why. There is $3 of surplus cash here. Uh, serial acquirer, if you all don't know Thor Industries. And, and what's made them sort of unique in the, in the RV industry is they've been very good at it, to their credit. Uh, Value line identifies impressive sales and earnings comparisons. RV sales are up in the quarter, although the industry is down significantly. They even quote some statistics here. Class A motorhome shipments down 12.7%. So this company has got giant growth in a sort of collapsing industry, um, and there's no explanation here from Value Line as to why. But well, the demographics uh, should be good. Why but the last acquisition bad? that they show in their little history of the company in the description, I, they start they talk about something they bought in 1988, and they quit at the 98 acquisition. Well, they bought several businesses since then. So apparently Value Line messed up on what part of the description got printed. There have been a bunch of acquisitions. That's why they're growing so much. And they are a major player in travel trailers, uh, and a business identified in the description. And they've, been ha they've gotten some help from FEMA as well. That's not mentioned here either. So uh, it's a great company, but... Uh, it looks to me like it, everything's in the stock here at a market multiple for an RV business. They recently upped their dividend, folks. Even a dividend increase is in the stock. And um, I look at insider decisions and I see, you know, over the last year, uh, sellers in uh, every other month, basically, and no buyers. So. Well, the dividend is telling. It's as good of a year it is as it's 20 cents on three-bucket earnings. So they're not, you know, rushing that ahead. Yeah, right, yeah. So it's hard to see how this is going to get a whole lot better, except with an industry recovery. And if that's going to happen, you want something that's been beat up because of the, what the industry's been going through. So um, we, uh, we look for some beat-up stocks, okay? Um, you know, we often have success finding uh, three-rated stocks at Value Line sort of, uh, they, they, they find it a good business and maybe attractive valuation, but they don't have any confidence because the stock looks washed out. And there are a couple here. Uh, Coachman Industries, COA is the symbol, but less than 200 million market cap, folks. So you've got to be careful. Um, you know, trading at, according to Value Line, about $11.5, that's sort of where the average low has been for the last five years. Um, but it is... Uh, it is, I don't know, it depends on your cash flow number here. They have $0.60 cents this year, $0.85 cents next year. Maybe you say $0.75, cents, so maybe the cash flow multiple is 16 times. Um, there is a dividend. I, is there a reason to get excited here? Well, in the discussion of the business, a lot of recent changes. Um, they're executing a turnaround, very early stage. It's a very small company, I repeat again. So that means at the margin you probably don't have the best, strongest management team in the industry. 
Um, I'm looking at the uh, quarterly sales comparisons forecast by value line. Got two quarters of negative comps on the top line. Uh, a lot of resistance here. I don't. I, it doesn't work for me. How about Monaco Coach? This is like the Cadillac of uh, motorhomes companies. Um, they don't. They don't. Uh, I don't think make a lot of trailers. They're really known for their big. Uh, I think uh, John Madden may have a Monaco oh, right? Coach. Yeah. Never been there. Um, uh, recently, fourteen dollars. Um, low in the last three years, twelve to sixteen kind of range. High has been. Um, it was. I mean, it traded twenties and thirty dollar ranges. Uh, in the early 2000 when the, the industry was putting up cyclical growth. So um, pretty washed out. It's like 11 to 13 times cash flow. I wonder if there's any reason to think the cash flow could be any better. Well, um, I'm looking at operating margin. In last uh, cycle, if you will, um, kind of in a like 7 to 10 range at best. Recently under 2, value line says 3, 3.5. In other words, Value Line doesn't have any conviction about them improving that, but this is a, this is a business with a lot of uh, leverage to an improving market. Really, all you need is for production to bottom out, and they can start to, uh, if they've been cutting costs, start turning earnings around. Value Line's showing uh, revenue comparisons up in the next couple of quarters. Um, looks like maybe there is some FEMA business, so maybe that's going to help them get through the, uh, the bottom of the cycle here. They've realized, realigned their operations. Okay, well, this is a small company, too. So there's also execution risk here. Um, so I, you know, better than uh, better than what was the name of that company? Coachman. Well, they have almost no debt. Um, yeah, maybe it's a takeout candidate. It's pretty small. Maybe it's somebody a like bit above book value. Thor's got three billion market cap. They could gobble this up easily. Do they have it a good brand looks name. Looks pretty uh, Monaco Coach. Absolutely, they do. So maybe it's a takeout play. I don't think Coachman is there with. Uh, their modular home business at a quarter of the company. So, um, folks, here's the winner in the group, Winnebago, the number one player in the industry, almost um, uh, you know, pretty consistently a major market share player in every segment product-wise of the recreational vehicle industry in North America. The big W. And, you know, generally speaking, although it's proven to be a pretty cyclical industry, you're talking about a discretionary consumer durable that's pretty expensive. Um, you do have baby boomer trends working for you. Uh, the proportion of the population that uh, is most heavily associated with um, these products, motorhomes, um, are people that are getting late in their professional lives, children have moved out, empty nesters, and then people that are in retirement and yet still healthy and relatively mobile. And they've seen European Vacation, the movie. That's the right? peak of the baby boomers, folks, and that, that we're, not, we're at least 10 years away from when the peak of uh, their share of the population occurs. <clears throat> Excuse me. And as you may be aware, 9-11 actually created, you know, was the best news for the national, well, it depends on your feeling about uh, the level of uh, um, uh, visitors to our national park system, but a lot more interested in vacationing at home since 9-11. The RV industry's benefited from that. Um, Value Line has a five on this stock, so a lot of you probably wouldn't even bother looking at it, and you should. Uh, recently trading at 29 and change, Stock has uh, peaked from 35 to $41 in the last three years. There is a little bit of yield, 1.2%. It's twice what Thor pays. Um, looks like this one's about 15 times cash flow. Um, but there is uh, $3 per share of excess uh, cash because they have absolutely no debt. So uh, not a lot of risk here in the biggest player in the industry that carries a billion-dollar market okay, cap. Okay, huge returns, no debt, and they sell at a market multiple. The return on capital here is phenomenal. I mean, their numbers have peaked north of 30 percent. 
Um, shareholders' equity, you know, was a little unstable in here when they, they put up these 30s. But nevertheless, in the other years, you're still talking about consistently north of 20%. That's about where they are right now. So it's kind of the low end of the range. Um, what's value line saying about uh, profitability? Well, peak operating margins in the past have been on the top side of 10%. In fact, margins typically are north of 10%. They're showing 8.5 this year, 10 next year. Well, in a recovery, you, you know, you, you might really get a lot more than just from 8.5 to 10, even if it didn't happen to coincide with a calendar year. I know, I know that I, I'm giving you the, the bullish side of the story, but um, – uh, return is depressed here relative to their history. The stock is depressed. There's some bad news in the stock. According to Value Line, they recently reported disappointing top and bottom line performances. The high for the stock this year so far is $34. The stock's 29 so clearly it's off. There's some discussion here of focusing on lower price models, so they're probably taking a little hit on uh, average well, selling gas prices. Gas prices and what? These are gas metal. Gas prices these are up a ton. A lot of metal in these things. So what are they doing with their balance sheet that has absolutely no leverage and $163 million of cash on the balance sheet? Buying They've shares. authorized another stock repurchase program, folks. How do they 30, make so much freaking money? $50 million after they've done 30. And according to Value Line, book value of the company around $250 million. So we're talking about taking out a 20% of book. Um, you know, there's been some selling here, not near as much as we saw in some of the other names. But basically the board is betting that the stock is washed out and they should be taking advantage of it. Value Line says don't touch this with a 10-foot pole. With their 5 rating that they lowered on March 24th, Folks, they've got it completely backwards here. Um, there's you know, no trailer business inflation House, uh, from, out of the barn, from FEMA here. And uh, let me explain something to you folks about uh, uh, a business where you sell through an independent uh, distribution channel. And when retail sales are uh, declining, but they start to declo- uh, decline at a slowing rate, in other words, when you start to approach the bottom of the cycle, well-managed companies will start to see their production rates increase because if they're well-managed, they had managed production down and helped their uh, distribution channel liquidate excess inventories. And since we know and, and believe Winnebago is a well-managed company, I'd bet you that that would, uh, that would prove itself out. So um, we, we'd go with management here. We'd buy the stock. Uh, we'd buy it all day. Not sure when you get the cyclical recovery, but uh, I suggest you might move the stock to an entirely different plateau. It's sort of traded in this like mid twenties to mid thirties range for the better part of three years, uh, while the industry's been going through this post nine eleven boom and now bust. Why don't cycle. you say what you really feel about the stock? Part? I like it. I like it. I like it. It's WGO go Winnebago. All right. So. I guess that uh, wraps it up. I have nothing else. For this week's uh, edition of the Value Line Observer, we're the Value Guys. Again, check us out on our website, www.thevalueguys.com, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, returning to your uh, native shores next week at this time. I'm uh, Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. Good night and good luck.